everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right. This is our first episode with Dr. Dwen Vo. Morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Excited? Sure. I feel nervous. I'm a little nervous. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I because I typically don't talk to you with headphones on. Anymore. No, <laughs> in such an awkward way, right? We don't hold microphones to our faces. And but I kind of like this. I'm going to walk around the office like this now. <laughs> <laughs> feels official, right? Um, so yeah, this is our first episode without Nick. And um, I, I remember the other day that we had you on earlier, like a long time ago. You did Way kind of a... when you first started. Yeah. Yes. So now I can say I was part of this from the, you know... From the very, very beginning, <laughs> pretty much. Um, right. There you go. Um, okay, so I had a client um, who... Actually, I let me introduce this a different way. I saw you playing with those uh, nails on on the uh-huh. desk over there. I have a... They're like two nails that are turned into a circle, I guess, and they're they're conjoined. And it's kind of a mental puzzle uh, to try to figure out how to get them apart because they're they're kind of wrapped around each other, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to explain it yeah. to whoever's listening. Um, and you you figured out pretty quickly and did that. I want to give you credit for what you did there. Well, I have to acknowledge that I probably played with that back in the day. So. <laughs> you figured it out a long time ago. Um, one of the reasons I have that, and, and clients will see it and kind of start messing with it, is, is there's a really interesting principle, I think, in doing that, which is I have some clients that will get really frustrated and kind of mad at themselves, and they'll even say things like, I just can't, I can't do these kinds of things, yeah. you know, or, oh, I just feel so stupid doing this, you know, and they'll put it down. Um, and, it, and it's an interesting principle I thought we'd talk about today, which is how shame and guilt can hide learning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that 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 nail game kind of provides a little bit into that because when people get frustrated, because you've got to figure that out, it's going to take a little while. Um, sometimes their reaction is to get really mad at themselves, start telling themselves they just can't do it. Yeah. They don't want to do it, and they just put it down. Right. Right. And the concept I want to talk about is that when you start doing that ruminative, um, self self. Um, degrading kind of behavior yeah. learning is not happening right they're right. they're not kind of seeing the pattern and how that that goes they're not trying different solutions really they're just kind of you can even see it in their hands they're just starting <laughs> to like shake right. it and rattle yeah. it against each other and try to pull it apart rather than trying to figure out how these items might be taken apart from each other kind of logically does that make sense sure right yeah, yeah. what do you think um, no, I mean, that, that definitely just happens um, pretty often, right? People mm-hmm. get stuck in that um, kind of cycle. And I often think of it as like, so if you have kids or if you don't, just looking at another child who's learning something, a four-year-old trying to pick up a new skill, mm-hmm. the kid naturally is going to struggle a little bit, right? Yeah. But would you then say to Johnny, hey, Johnny, what are you doing? You're not getting it. It's, it's taking you too long. What's the matter with you, right? Mm-hmm. Why bother trying? When you frame it that way, folks would be like, well, I wouldn't talk to them that way. I would encourage them. I would say right. hey, maybe come back later or give some tips or maybe try this differently, right? Um, 
So yeah, people failing to notice that like, wait a minute, how I'm approaching it, right, is actually interfering with learning, but unable to kind of recognize it in themselves as it's happening. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of, um, yeah, I like that, that th- this approach to kind of reacting to it like this isn't, isn't going to help, mm-hmm. you know, is actually kind of making this harder sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I see this people with people um, who struggle with like overeating or eating habits, you mm-hmm. know, there's often this very kind of shameful emotional reaction when uh, there's a stumble or, or a mistake or error that's made or um, they don't, for whatever reason, they make a bad decision, you know, and yeah. they, they'll often kind of spin off into that shame you know, I'm just a failure. I can't do this. This is really elaborative kind of, um, um, attack of the self in that moment. Right. Um, and, and helping them in, in therapy kind of learn to, to hold themselves in that space for a little bit longer and say, Oh, what happened? What, what did I experience there that made that so difficult? Or, um, how would I head that very same situation off in the future, right? Uh, all of those things, and then and then even they're more likely to overeat more, right? They're like, ah, screw it. They throw in the towel. They get frustrated, right. and um, kind of a really common area you see that kind of oh, shame, yeah. hiding guilt, and then the the shame builds more, right? Now it's right. It next to impossible Compound. for you to feel like you can actually master whatever it is. Yeah. Next time you go into it, it's so hard though. I think in therapy to to well people often spin out there because it's so hard to sit in that moment where they've, they, that knowledge of uh, a choice that's contrary to their value Mm -hmm. there. Right. They're, they're, they're just, it's so brutal to sit there in that emotional space that spinning out and punishing yourself is better than, than kind of sitting there in that moment and kind of figuring it out, you know, and, and taking a breath and, and, and really kind of meeting yourself in that moment, so to speak and say, Oh, yeah. What do I do now? You know, how do yeah. I react to this? And, and it seems to be so reflexive sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I don't know about you, but I notice like, um, as you explore it more and unpack it for them, like in that moment when you're doing the ruminating thing and you're beating yourself up, um, what is it that you're actually trying to do? And oftentimes when you first start talking about that, they have no idea. Right. But it's right. really about like slowing down, really exploring it. And oftentimes when you dig around some more, you're able to come to like a conclusion that it's more of, well, if I beat myself up enough, maybe it's motivating, right? Like, like I, I'm going to learn from this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this or, will help me feel a lot more motivated yeah, next so time So that around. there's actually an, somewhat, even though they're not consciously doing it or deliberately, but there, there is this implicit um, uh, attempt to actually learn from this, solve to, this, to kind of kick their this. own ass into gear. Yeah, a you know, bit, yeah. um, but failing to recognize, wait a minute, it's not working, so maybe let's try a different strategy. Yeah. But so it's more of like an internal strategy, I think, that people adopt that just Mm -hmm. very quickly another strategy I see there is this this can't be good enough for me, or or this can't be, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's, that shame is kind of that, um, uh, you know, I failed again, um, and, and I can't settle for this. Right. I can't let that be okay. Yeah. You know, and and off they go into kind of beating themselves up and what a moron you are and how stupid you did that thing that you didn't want to do. Right. Um, And it's brutal. I think a lot of clients, um, a lot of effort, I think, goes into getting clients to that point where they can kind of sit in that emotional space of, of, you know, I failed Mm -hmm. in a a kind of a, a hopeful or 
growth kind of oriented way where you're going, okay, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than spinning off into that shame. Yeah. Um, and you know, and even the word failure too is an interesting word in mm-hmm. the whole notion behind that. Right. Um, oftentimes like a, given a task, you know, like a puzzle or something that you mentioned before, given a certain task, if you're not achieving the desired goal, you frame that as failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes people m- make the mistake of l- mislabeling that as some internal, like reflection of the person, right? Yeah. Like failure, you're not worthwhile, you're not worthy. Yeah. When it could just simply mean I'm not a, uh, uh, um, uh, achieving the objective, right? And then therefore the focus is more on the task. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that then even just how you attribute, how you make sense out of the inability to proceed to the next step within the task, right, um, can can either be helping or, or defeating. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it's, it, you know, failure to me is just not a bad term, right? A lot of people even hear that and they don't even want their name in the same sentence. You <laughs> know, to me, it's just a, it's an attempt that didn't go the way you thought. Yeah. You know, it, you didn't accomplish the objective so to speak kind of like you're saying where i I think you were alluding to before there's like this global identification with just failure Mm -hmm. right yeah it's a really confusing uh distortion and and it makes it really hard for people to kind of understand what happened for that failed attempt right yeah yeah but then you know and um i'm sure you see this often too because the emotion itself is so strong so intense and Um, unpleasant and aversive for them and um, with every iteration of the beating up of self it's Mm -hmm. akin to throwing on another log in the fire right so you're feeding this emotion and over time it builds and it builds and it builds leaving them to have this misperception that that emotion is just absolutely intolerable not Mm -hmm. recognizing that they have built it fed it right (laughs) yeah tolerated all the time (laughs) yeah right experience it a lot Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then now, because it's this humongous, colossal, impossible thing to to sit with, now all they're doing is thinking about, well, how do I mitigate this? How do I modify this? How do I eliminate, like, not feel this yeah. now, and then certainly in the future? Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and then you see strategies like I've got to be perfect. Right. I've got to you know emerge yeah. and 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 yeah, you can just. Well, my favorite thing is in session. This happens constantly. Right. Yeah. Clients will talk about an event that happened in their life and how they didn't respond, how they wanted to respond or how they felt like they could have responded better. And they'll just immediately start saying, I just can't do this. I'm just a failure. I just I'm a screw up. I, you know, and, and, and you, you just watch them do it in front of you. Uh-huh. You know, it's uh-huh. it's really kind of apparent how they start thinking when they're confronted with this attempt, this failed attempt or or the struggle or, or whatever it is. It's, it's fascinating to me because you just see it constantly. Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely. And and in terms of like hiding the learning, right? If you're so you're deploying all your energy and effort on like not feeling this, this is dangerous, unwanted. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You're not focusing on like, wait, what what brought this on? Yeah. <laughs> What's the situation? What's the interaction? What's the circumstance? Yeah. Right? How do I? address that and if I just could address that maybe the emotion can incidentally resolve itself yeah but because you're so absorbed in the this is icky I don't want to be here you're missing out on a on a uh, on a potential lesson right which is what brought this on what can I do about it you know as you were talking about that the the thing I thought of immediately there was relationship patterns Mm -hmm. where people you know 
um, don't understand maybe why they um, find themselves in very kind of similar situations and relationships. Um, because usually, you know, in the event of the, the inevitable kind of pattern happening again, you have this, uh, um, that, that self blame and shame and, Oh, what's wrong with me? I did it again. I ended up in this situation with another person and there's not a lot of learning going on there because you're just blaming it all on you being such a terrible screw up and, and then trying not to feel that way that it, that again, it camouflages the idea of like, Oh, I have a hard time recognizing when I'm incompatible with somebody. Right. You know, I, I don't, you know, that, that feeling of being attracted to someone has me blowing through a lot of red lights that say, Hey, this person isn't good for me. Right. You know, and, Oh geez. And if, and if you can hold yourself there long enough and, and see what that, what's going on there, which is what you were kind of talking about earlier, the learning that happens. Um, yeah. Then you can start, looking at, well, what do I do when I start feeling that pull and, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited about a relationship? How mm-hmm. do I, how do I also train myself to be mindful in those moments of compatibilities and, and where we're similar and where we're really different? Right. Are those things important to me? Can, can I get used to asking those questions, you know, as I date rather than just going headlong into the emotional <laughs> right. part of it? Right. Right. And if you invest all that time and energy in exploring and answering those questions, you would probably not ever have to feel um, that familiar shame, guilt, why am I in this, what's wrong with me, etc. I can't find a compatible person. If you would just spend the time to explore those, you know, questions and attributes, etc., then you could save yourself from the emotion, right? But yeah. the mistake people take is, how do I not feel this way anymore? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I, I think what we're saying is go further upriver. Yes. <laughs> you know, don't stay down at those headwaters because that, that doesn't tell you a lot about what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, can you, can you accept um, some discomfort and pain about a uh, about a situation at head up river yeah. to kind of discover what's going on that resulted in this? Yeah. Um, but if you stay in that kind of turmoil of, of just beating yourself up, man, you don't get anywhere very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the equivalent is of up river <laughs> using that that uh, metaphor there, but um, it also prevents them, right? If you're focusing again on I don't want to feel this, right? And then you balloon and um, elaborate on it more, it prevents you from figuring out like, what do I do now? Right. right. So we just got into this 100th fight or this fight for the hundredth time, right? What do I do now? Do I apologize? Do we come up with a different plan? Do we, you know, set down different ground rules, etc. But again, um, it, you're, you're just kind of sitting there yeah. um, and it prevents you from taking like actionable Steps. Well, and you see this with couples who who are high conflict. Yeah. They'll repeat the same pattern over and over, usually because that that the learning is hidden to to one or the other or both. Um, that uh, you know, hey, there, there's a pattern in the way we approach conflict. There's a pattern in my insecurity. They they don't find mm-hmm. that kind of stuff out because of that shame spiral right. and just the the intense pain. And then they kind of get back together or they they patch it up in, in a familiar pattern, but nothing gets resolved, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing gets addressed because the pattern's not known. It's just right. that happens because I'm an idiot and I'm a jerk and I lash out and yep. start screaming and I lose it and I'm such an, an asshole. Um, and it prevents them from seeing, oh man, I get really insecure in these areas, you know? Mm-hmm. And that insecurity is so uncomfortable that I don't want to feel it and I lash out. I blame the other person, right. you know? But that's all hidden, 
and camouflaged under this giant umbrella of shame that right. that they're they're struggling to get yep. out of. And yeah. because they're not addressing everything else that could actually be practical and useful and constructive when they find themselves there again in the same fight, etc., then yes, let's load on more shame and yeah. guilt. What's yeah. wrong with me? Well, and just keep that cycle of Maybe going. I'll just be alone the rest of my life because I can't do relationships. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.